book of Luke this morning, Luke chapter number 2, Luke chapter number 2, and we're going to read the first 15 verses this morning for our text in Luke chapter number 2, and it's certainly uh, a wonderful time of the year, and we look forward to what God does for all of us during this time, but certainly want to be reminded of what God has done for us uh, by sending His Son. So it'll be in Luke chapter number 2. And you follow along as I read the first 15 verses, beginning with verse number 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. A historical fact that you want to be aware of is that his descendants all serve in the United States Congress today. Uh, Verse number 2, And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. I imagine that I've probably preached a couple of dozen messages through the years from Luke chapter number 2, which we commonly refer to as the Christmas story. But I want to look at it from a little bit different angle. We'll cover a lot of the the, the same truths uh, that we see uh, often in this passage of Scripture. But look again at verse number 15, and look at the end of the verse, which the Lord hath made known unto us. The shepherds went and told everyone what the Lord had made known unto them. And what a thing God made known unto them. God has preserved this account in Scripture so that we know that God sent His Son, and His Son came to the earth, as we know, with a purpose. And we certainly, as Christians, we certainly put an extra emphasis at this time of year. We should celebrate the birth of our Savior every single day. More importantly, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior every day as a child of God. But I want to use that passage of Scripture to begin this morning, and that to be the basis we get our text, and we'll refer to the entire passage we read this morning throughout the message. But just as there were some things that God revealed to them in that time, I want to speak on this subject this morning, some things God wants us to know about Christmas. Some things God wants us to know about Christmas. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray... Uh, that you would help us this morning, uh, that you would speak to us through your word. And Father, we certainly are aware today of 
of the fact that Jesus came. He came to this earth with a purpose, born of a virgin, so that he might live a sinless life and be our sin sacrifice for our salvation. And we're certainly thankful for the Lord Jesus this morning. And we're thankful for your love for us. In spite of us being unlovable, you love us enough to send your Son. And Father, I pray once again that if there's someone unsaved this morning, and may they call on Jesus, may today be their day of salvation. And may we all be encouraged, be reminded of, of what this time of year really should mean to us, of what it means to have a Savior today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we read the passage of Scripture this morning, and certainly the account of the birth of our Savior, that verse, the end of that verse, which we've already highlighted this morning, which the Lord hath made known unto us. This was certainly a monumental event uh, in history, certainly uh, a monumental event in this time. In the shepherds, certainly this was not the norm. This was a little bit unusual. It was most unusual. Here we have the fulfillment of prophecy. Here we have uh, the announcement uh, from the angels. It was a wonderful thing to see this child, the Christ child, in that uh, as a, a wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. But let me also remind you what they also witnessed. They witnessed the skies opening up and a great heavenly host, uh, unlike that has ever been seen before, announcing the birth of the Savior. Certainly, they felt that they were a little privileged. They had to feel that nobody else has gotten to see this. Look what we have seen, and the Lord made these things known to us. What a thought that God, those shepherds that were there that day, and certainly He sent Christ for all men, He made known to them uh, that the, the birth of the Savior had taken place. They, they then, as, as if you kept reading this morning in Luke chapter 2, they then are compelled to go tell everybody they can about what God had made known un, unto them. And certainly there's a great truth for you and I there this morning. We know that Christ was born. We know why he was born. And certainly we should follow in the footprints of the shepherds by telling everybody what God has made known to us. But I want to look at this passage of scripture from this angle this morning. And certainly we are very aware that Christmas Day is upon us. Now, I'm not one of those who, 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 who necessarily says, I know that Christ was born on this day at this time, and this is why I believe it is something that we set aside to put an extra emphasis on the birth of our Savior. But at the same time, it's a wonderful time to enjoy with friends and family. I enjoy the Christmas traditions that we have. I enjoy uh, the, the Neil Christmas traditions. And I think every family ought to have Christmas traditions that they uh, enjoy each and every year. Now, we understand Christmas is not just about that. We understand that that is not, you can still celebrate Christmas without having a gift under the tree. And those of you that say that, just praise to God that he doesn't make you test that which you believe. And, and, oh, Christmas is all about giving for me. If you have somebody like that in your family, don't get them anything. And then when they complain about it, just remind them that it's all about giving for them. Uh, but anyway, I get back to the Bible this morning. Uh, I enjoy the season of Christmas. Now, if you're one of one who says, well, I don't think we ought to have any truth, that's fine. Don't get mad at me because I do, and I won't get mad at you because you don't. Uh, but there's things that I enjoy about the Christmas season. But we are certainly aware that we have a God who loved us enough to send His Son, to send His Son with a purpose so that He might pay for the sins of the world. And I want to look at this passage of Scripture in Luke 2, and I want us to see some things that God wants us to know about Christmas. 
maybe uh, and, and probably uh, these things are not going to be new and things you've never heard before. But may we be reminded today of some things that God has made aware for us about Christmas. Uh, it, it may be you've hearing some things for the first time, or maybe you're aware of, of some thoughts of, of the real meaning behind Christmas, and maybe you, you've grown up in a, in a situation where you think it is all about Santa Claus and all those things. And this morning, God's going to reveal through His Word uh, what uh, the real meaning of Christmas and things He wants us to know about Christmas. Let's first of all look in verse number 1 and verse number 2 again. And the Bible says, And it came to pass in those days that there, were, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. Now we understand and we know uh, that what was taking place in the world at this time, all the world was being taxed. Joseph and Mary were going to be in Bethlehem, which was a fulfillment of prophecy, by the way, because of the, the tax season and because of the census and all that took place with that. They were busy with that. They were concerned with that. The, only, the world was concerned at this time with meeting the requirements of what, God, what, what, this, what they were expected of. And I want us to be reminded, first of all, number one, the world was not prepared for Christ's coming. The world was not prepared. Those shepherds weren't truly prepared for what they were about to see. Even those who believed the Messiah was coming, in many cases, had to be convinced, even though prophets had prophesied for generations that the Messiah would come. And the world was not prepared for His coming. If you were to turn over to Matthew, the book of Matthew, and we read of Christ's birth, the account of His birth there, and in Herod discovering that there is one who's born that people are calling a king. And Herod had a desire to kill him because he didn't want a threat to his kingdom. The world was not prepared for the Son of God to come. Might I also say as a side note, that the world won't be prepared when He comes again? Matter of fact, I believe they'll be even more unprepared when He comes again than they were when He came the first time. If they were prepared for Him to come, He probably would have had a little bit more than a manger. If the world was prepared for Him to come, the, 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 the hustle and bustle of what was taking place in the city and in the minds of people, the, the announcement wouldn't have had to take place in the fields with the shepherds. The world was not prepared for Christ. And by the way, the world was not worthy of having Christ. We're not worthy of having Christ. But I'm thankful that God sent Him and gave Him to us anyway. In the second time, the next time Christ comes, the world is not going to be prepared. If you read the Bible and you study Scripture, things that are taking place in our world today, the Bible says they were going to happen. The Bible says they're going to continue to happen. And even though the Bible says this is what is happening... The world will continue to deny it, continue to create other explanations. You know, the, 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 just, to, just to mention one, um, you know, the, 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 the global warming that is, that is shoved down our throat, and this is the reason for the tornadoes, and this is the reason for all of this. God speak, Jesus spoke about the pestilences. Jesus spoke about all these things that would take place as the world prepares for, as, as God gets ready for, Jesus to come again. But friend, this morning I say all that to say this, make sure you're ready for Him to come again. Make sure you're ready for that day when 
Jesus calls the church home. Make sure you have done what is necessary. You must believe more than just the fact that he was born and laid in a manger. And so many believe that Jesus was born of a virgin and he was laid in a manger, but they never looked beyond that time in a manger and the fact that he grew and he had a purpose and he went to the cross of Calvary. But the world was not prepared for Christ's coming. We live in a day when the world is still not prepared for Christ to return. I notice number two as we think of some things that God wants us to know about Christmas, about this event that took place, that this was good news for everybody. Look at verse number 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. There's many things that I like to be reminded of in verse number 10. He says, I bring you good tidings, good news. You know, we live in a world that needs some good news, don't we? Well, you know, we're through this pandemic, but it's just, hold on, give us a couple of months and there'll be another one. All the different tragedies that take place, the effects that sin has had on this world. You, you turn on the news, it doesn't matter which station you turn it on, it's all bad news. It's all doom and gloom. This world needs some good tidings. This world needs some good news. And I look in the scripture this morning and I see something that God wanted those shepherds to know. But God wants us to know today that there is good news for all people. There is the, there's no greater news that Jesus left heaven to come to earth born of a virgin, lived a sinless life. He would be mocked. He would be persecuted. He would be crucified. He would take on him the sins of all mankind. He would give his life and then raise victorious from the grave three days later. Well, there's no greater news than the fact that I don't have to pay for my sins. There's no greater news than the fact that Jesus paid my sin debt for me. And all I have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't think of better news than that. The news gets even better. Those of us who have called on Jesus, those of us who are the redeemed, those of us who know that we've been forgiven because of what Christ did on Calvary, all this has taken place down here, we're leaving it all behind. And Jesus, as He said in John chapter 14 to those disciples, I go to prepare a place for you. And as we sit down here on this side of eternity, Jesus is preparing a place for each and every believer, each and every child of God. There's no greater news than this world can't hold you, this world's not going to be able to hold you back. Those of us who believe on Christ, we have a greater future ahead in eternity. This world needs some good news. Don't you think we ought to share it? Be quick during the Christmas season to share good news. Share the good news of Christ's coming. But I noticed the good news for everybody. I love the fact that he says, fear not, because you imagine how afraid they were. I mean, the sky is opening up and angels great singing and filling the skies. No matter what they sang and how glorious they sound, that was probably a frightening. And they reminded them that they were pronouncing good tidings, good news of great joy. What, you know, it's amazing when Christ makes a change in your life. Bad things can be happening around you and you can still have joy in your heart. You can be disappointed and 
joyous at the same time. You can be, uh, uh, you can deal with the things of this world, but you know you have the joy, and there's no joy that comes. And we have the world today. You know what changed this world? Well, if we would all get on the same page politically, well, there's only one way that would ever happen: is we all had the joy of the Lord in our heart. Uh, but I'd also notice, and I, and, I, and, I, and this is important, because when I see this part of verse number ten, I think of John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that he gave. In verse number 10, the Bible says, And the angels said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Jesus came, and certainly he came for his people. He came for the Hebrew. He came for the Jew. But aren't you thankful that as a Gentile we were grafted in, as a Gentile, he came to die for all men. If you sit here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I've got good tidings for you that most, without a doubt, will bring you great joy. That Christ came for all people. He came for everyone. You can know that your sins are forgiven today. You can have salvation today. And I'm thankful that no matter what race, what religion, what creed, what background somebody comes from, uh, they're, 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 they're standing in society. Jesus came to die for all men. He came for all people. This was good news for everyone, and today it's still the best news for all people. And that's what this world needs to hear, is that Jesus came to die for all men, and that any man can be saved. We live in a world today where some, the devil's convinced some that what they have done is so bad that Jesus can never forgive them. I don't want to alarm you, but if you only knew who you were sitting in church with this morning, because all of our sins are evil and filthy in the sight of God. None of us have good sins, good works. It would send us all to the devil's hell. It was because of the Lord Christ we can have joy and certainly this great news is to all people. I see thirdly, the third thing I think that God wants us to know and be reminded of this morning is found in verse number 11. And that's Christ came with a purpose. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now, it's important that we see that we're reminded why He came the first time. It did not say a king. But if you read about Christ's second coming, He's coming as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But He came, as we read in Luke chapter 2, with a specific purpose for the Savior of men. Well, as we think of all that takes place in this time of year and all the festivities that we enjoy, don't lose sight of the fact that God wanted us to know that Christ came with a purpose. He announced to those shepherds, He announced to those in that day that a Savior is born. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. And there was great tidings in those shepherds as, as they see and they take in all that has done and they go and they see the Christ child. They then leave and go tell everybody that they come in contact with of what they have been a witness to. What did they tell them? The Savior has come. The one that had been prophesied has come. The Son of God is here. Well, I, won't, I think God would also want us to know, wants us to be reminded... Christ came with a purpose. 
We have no, we cannot even fathom how wonderful heaven is. Uh, heaven is a place that in our finite mind and as much as we can imagine, we can't imagine how wonderful heaven is. We know the problems that this world presents. We know the things in this world we don't like. We know the discomforts. We know in the day we live in, there's much evil that takes place. And to think that Jesus left heaven to come down to earth. Certainly, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life to go through the things that he would go through, the blasphemy, the denial, the physical suffering, so that you and I might have salvation. What a thought to think that God loved us enough that he would send his son. He came with a purpose. Friend, I remind you what I've already alluded to this morning. It's wonderful to think of the fact that Christ came, and we certainly see this in in Luke chapter number 2, and we're reminded of uh, the nativity scene and, and how much we, 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 many times we see that around the Christmas season. And, and you got, you got the, the, the Mary and Joseph and you got the animals there and you have the, the shepherds and the wise men and that child laying in a manger. But friend, let me remind you, he did not come just to lay in a manger. The wise men would come and worship him, but he did not come just so the wise would worship him. Legions of angels worshiped him. He, he, all these things that we celebrate and we rejoice in, there's nothing wrong with that, but may we be reminded that He came with a purpose. And that purpose was to die for all mankind. And many of us, we know this, we've accepted Christ as our Savior, but may we be reminded that Jesus came with a purpose. And if you and I were the only ones who, who would ever live, He would have come to pay our sin debt, because that's the only way we might have salvation. He came with a purpose. Then I take this to the fourth thing I see in this passage of Scripture that I believe God wants us to see this morning, and that is the fact that praise is the appropriate response. Verse number 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a, heav- a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. As Jesus was born and The shepherds announced it. The appropriate response was praise. You know, there's never an appropriate time for complaining from a Christian. We make excuses for our complaining. It's a natural response for us to complain. Some could trademark it and register because you've got it down pat. Certainly at this time of year, as we're reminded of what Christ has done for us, praise is the appropriate response. How much praise do you have in your life? How much praise do we offer to our God? Certainly, it's easy to get blended to traditions at Christmas time and even the exchanging of gifts and things of that nature, but do you praise God for what He's done for you? Well, I got exactly what I wanted for Christmas. I praise God for that. Well, I'm not, I'm not necessarily, you ought to praise God for that, but I'm not necessarily talking about that this morning. When it was announced that Christ had come, 
the heavens lit up. As the heavens were opened up, that multitude of angels that begin to just praise and glorify God. Well, this morning, how many of you are saved? Raise your hand for me if you're saved on your way to heaven. Have you done more complaining than you've done praising recently? Praise ought to be the appro- is the appropriate response. It is the response we should have when we are reminded of what Christ did for us. It should be in our heart. It should be on our lips. And praise is certainly, as we look at verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavens praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. That praise that went unto the Lord. And because Jesus came, there would be peace, but goodwill toward men. Well, I think of that phrase, goodwill toward men. Jesus was God's goodwill toward us. Often we look at things that take place in our life and we may make them say, why did you allow this to happen? Or why did you do this? Well, God just isn't fair and God just doesn't love. Well, this verse of Scripture contradicts that. Because there's no greater goodwill that God could show towards men than by giving His Son. We think about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the greatest gift that God could have given us, He gave us. And often as we, we use the gift exchange as a little illustration this morning, and sometimes the thing that touches our heart the most is not the gift that was the most expensive. It was because of the value of who it was from. And the effort that went into it. I've received and I'm very grateful for the goodness of God in my life, but through the years I've received many wonderful gifts from family and friends and loved ones. Many have been used and worn out, but there are some precious keepsakes that have no earthly value. But it's because of who it's from and what it meant to them that has its value. Let's put this in context this morning. The God of all creation, the God who sits in the heavens, He loved us so much, He gave the most precious thing He could possibly give. And He gave it to us so that we might have salvation. How precious is our salvation this morning? How precious is what God has given us this morning? When we are reminded of what God gave us and the value in the gift that God has given us, praise is certainly the appropriate response. Friend, I would encourage you this morning that sometime, certainly throughout the next few days, may you find some time to just reflect on what God has done for you. As we prepare to conclude the service this morning, may you be reminded today of where you were when you put your faith and trust in Christ. Maybe be reminded this morning, and it's a little bit different message today. We'll conclude a little bit different today, but maybe we all take a moment and think back to the place when we realized that we were a sinner. We realized our need of a Savior. We realized that Savior was the Lord Jesus Christ, and Him and Him alone 
could offer salvation. A church cannot offer it, a man cannot offer it, but only Christ can offer it. And the day when you bowed your head and you bowed your heart and you put your faith and trust in what Christ did. Well, I think sometimes we just don't think enough about the time when Christ saved us. Think about what He saved us from. Think about what He saved us to. And it all goes back to God loving us enough that He sent us in the greatest gift that I can possibly give. Christmas time is going to come and go just as it does every year. Next Sunday when we meet together, we'll be saying only 364 shopping days till Christmas. What if somebody had a gift for you and they had it prepared and they forgot to tell you about it? You just went on with life and it could have been the greatest gift you ever would have received, but you had no idea. They just didn't tell you it was there. A silly illustration, but what would it be like if God had sent the greatest gift that ever could be given, but he kept it a secret? Jesus, God wanted the world to know so badly that he opened up the skies to announce it. Shepherds begin to speak about it. Earthly kings tried to stop it. And Satan, since this time, has tried to change the narrative and squash the story, if you will. But I'm here today to tell you there's some things God wants this world to know. That He has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. And I can't help it, I'm a fairly reserved individual, but when I'm in my own time, in my own way, when I begin to think about the fact that God loved me enough that He sent His Son, and that He would allow me to know that I could have salvation. So, Pastor, what, what do you think should be the appropriate response to that? I think praise is the appropriate response. Oh, I'm just not worthy. Oh, we know. You don't have to admit that you're not worthy to not be unworthy. None of us are worthy of Christ. But I can tell you, I want to praise Him because I am unworthy. I want to praise Him because He allowed me to know at a young age. I want to praise Him for what He has done. Praise is the appropriate response. There are several things I, I believe in this time that God has us as we anticipate Christ's return. I believe that this world needs to hear some good tidings. I believe it's upon us to speak the good tidings to others and let them know that God has sent the greatest gift that could ever be sent. Let them know that peace comes in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm convinced that there would be more who would want what we have if we would grasp the last truth that I pointed out, that praise is always appropriate. I wonder, I wonder, and may this convict us as we go to invitation this morning, how many turn away from God because they hear the complaints of a Christian. Friend, that'll be praise. I, know, I catch myself so many times, you know, checking out of the register. Oh, that's on sale. Praise the Lord. And sometimes they're like, oh, wait a minute, we got... And they, they start getting with it. Praise, praise the Lord. 
we having a real praise and worship service at the register. I almost said Walmart, but that's, that's the other place. You can't have pra- any praise there. But anyway, it ought to be just part of us to give praise to our Lord. Father, we thank you. That-